Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine and sponsored by Steer. Broadcasting today from Agreco Studios. Agreco, powering the Permian. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We actually have our resident energy expert and editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman, who will be joining us. We're going to discuss the state of energy that happened in Corpus Christi, discussing what is happening in oil and gas. But first, I want to talk to you about our current issue of Shell Magazine. I am definitely impressed with this issue. Shell Magazine had the opportunity to catch up with the CEO of Oasis Petroleum Inc., Tommy News. I encourage you to go to shellmag.com, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com, and learn about Oasis Petroleum and Tommy News. You know, our show airs in all markets in Texas, uh, primarily in Houston and Austin, San Antonio, Permian Basin area, Corpus Christi. And there's a nonprofit out there called Future of the Region of South Texas. It actually is covering 47 counties in South Texas that they look at what is in the best interest for South Texas in areas of transportation, water, oil and gas, border issues, you name it. For more information, visit futureregionstx.org. Now it's time to bring on our resident energy expert and editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome back this week. Hey, it's another beautiful day in Texas. Very nice, hot, and a little bit of some rain. Well, we sure needed the rain where I live. I'll tell you what, we got three inches and I was very happy about it. Awesome. Okay, so, you know, the reason why we're doing an entire show with you is because I felt like we just had State of Energy and it was an amazing event. And we had a show the previous week in which Alvin Bailey, our correspondent out in the field, interviewed a couple of the people there from State of Energy. But I just felt like we really needed to have a show to recap everything that happened because there were some very big names, big people, and of course, you were on the panel too. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I brought up the rear, yeah. Oh, yes. And, and then I want to get into that just a little bit later in the show. But I want to first bring up, you know, the night before we had a mixer for Women's Energy Network of South Texas. And we wanted to have a meeting uh, in Corpus because they don't have a lot of groups that are coming together in reference to energy. And Women's Energy Network of South Texas is one that is very, very aware of how grand the coastal bin is going to be here in the near future. Yeah. And so, therefore, what I wanted to do was have a a mixer for them. And so, let's talk a little bit about that mixer, because there were some interesting things that happened at that mixer. Sure were, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that happened was I won the big door prize, you know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't won anything like that in about 40 years, so it was... uh, it was uh, kind of no wonder that, you were not giving that up. 
Yeah, well, I'm afraid I've gained about three pounds since I won it, but it was full of food and stuff and uh, and candy, but it was great. No, it was a terrific event, yeah, and, and there must have been 100 people come through there uh, during it. Um, and, you know, it, the, the thing about Corpus Christi is I, I know it's hard to start a group like that anywhere, but particularly in Corpus Christi because, you know, the industry has had a presence there, but not a really big one uh, for, for a long time, but now... You have so much activity going on with the port and and uh, all the development that's going on down there, and more and more companies uh, putting offices locations uh, in Corpus Christi. I think the time is right for for them to really build that group. And it looked like you had a terrific team of leaders trying to get it done. Well, you know, it's it's probably no secret that I sit on the board in Houston, the Women's Energy Network yeah. in Houston. And, but South Texas is covering everywhere from San Antonio all the way to Corpus Christi. And when I look at the group as a whole and what their mission is, it's an amazing group of women. And I think that a lot of what they have been doing has really been pushing um, forward the women that we see that are executives now. I'm not saying they're re- directly responsible for these women, but they are indirectly responsible because they keep pushing, you know, and pushing and pushing that we need women in leadership roles. And when you look at the mission of, you know, Women's Energy Network as a whole, because they've got chapters all over the United States, it's about mentoring. It's about helping other women get to that glass ceiling and break it very much like a lot of the women are now doing. So I'm very, I was very, very happy and proud to be able to produce a, uh, a mixer for them. And of course, uh, a meeting into what when is about. And so I was pretty happy and I'm sure you and your wife were probably pretty happy too, with the fact that you won the big grand prize from Suncoast resources, which is one of our great partners. Oh yeah, absolutely. We haven't broken out the champagne bottle that was in there yet, but we plan to this weekend. Very nice. Well, I want to switch gears just a little bit and talk about, you know, we were at the port of Corpus Christi and it was the state of energy and we had the port commissioner, Barbara Canales, talked to us as well as the CEO of the port of Corpus Christi, Sean Strawbridge, and they were talking to us about port business. Yeah. And um, some of the stuff that came out of that, uh, our conference, the state of energy was pretty enlightening, you know. It's a huge port. So tell us a little bit about all the stuff that's happening at the port, because it's a very, very big project. It is. It's a big port and it's a growing port very rapidly. It's it's really kind of stunning how rapidly it's grown over just over the last few years. And, and you know, one of the things that both Barbara and, and Sean talked about uh, was the fact that there is in planned projects either underway or planned for the next couple of years. Uh, $50 billion in new investment uh, coming into that port, which is pretty incredible. Sean, I think, pointed out that that was more planned capital investment than uh, is currently on the books in several entire states in this country. So uh-huh. it's, it's a big amount of development and uh, of new infrastructure. You know, it's, it's mostly energy related. Some of it is is related to other industries, but most of it's energy related. And it's just a direct result of the fact that you know, the Permian Basin uh, and to a lesser extent, the Eagle Ford Shale 
uh, are really uh, in pretty much boom times at this point. And, uh, you know, all that oil and gas coming out of the ground has to move and it has to be refined and it has to be shipped uh, for export. And the, the Port of Corpus Christi is handling an awful lot of that business right now. And is, it's only going to continue to grow. Well, you know, we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to cover some of the core categories that they actually covered because it's important for us to understand truly how magnificent the Port of Corpus Christi is and is probably scheduled to be in the near future. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. In the Oil Patch Radio Show is proud to bring you this week's Energy Minute, produced by shalemag.com. Here's Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your current industry update. This is Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your Energy Minute. Last year, Hurricane Harvey had the largest impact in modern history on Texas oil and gas operations, shutting down pipelines and oil field operations in South Texas and the Gulf, and causing two-thirds of Texas refining capacity to shudder. Given the current state of global supply concerns, analysts are watching closely for any sign that hurricane season could have even a minor impact. A new report out by the EIA yesterday said that U.S. energy-related CO2 emissions in 2017 fell to 5.14 billion metric tons, nearly 1% lower than their 2016 levels, and declining coal usage was the primary driver. However, as opposed to environmental regulations or government subsidies, thank hydraulic fracturing, which has pumped an abundance of natural gas onto the market at record low prices, resulting in a replacement of older coal power plants with cleaner burning natural gas. Natural gas lost four cents yesterday to close at $2.80 per BTU, and WTI lost 86 cents to close at $68.57 per barrel. This is Ryan Sitton, and that's your Energy Minute. Listen to In the Oil Patch Radio and keep up with the oil and gas industry online at shalemag.com. Agreco has been powering the Permian Basin for over 10 years, supporting Permian producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. Agreco supports power systems as small as a single 200 kilowatt to as large as a 50 megawatt power plant. So when your utility power is delayed, call on Agreco to engineer a diesel, natural gas, or battery solution to fit your needs. We have immediate availability right here in the Permian Basin. Call 1-800-AGRECO or online agreco.com. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. The unique design, double drop gravity fed discharge system is trailer mounted and unloads the standard 25 tons in less than 12 minutes. So go ahead, give yourself an unfair advantage. Put the power of Sandforce to work for you today. Call 800 231 8198. Again, that number is 800 231 8198. 
1888 or visit dragonsandforce.com. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three and six person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study. There is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. We're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman, our resident energy expert and editor of Shell Magazine. David, I want to kind of cover how really big the Port of Corpus Christi is because, you know, we talk about all these amazing billions of dollars and stuff like that. But until you really wrap your head around some of the core pillars of what they're doing I don't think that like our listeners can really grasp how big the port of Corpus Christi is scheduled to be. And by the way, I'm very happy to see that because you and I are both from Corpus Christi in some ways. You you grew up there and I have a home there. So this is very near and dear to our heart. But currently they move half of all of the crude exports. Yep. I mean, think about that. They $50 billion in new capital investments from either current or future endeavors. They are also committed to two thirds of the funding will come from deepening the port of, of their channel. So a lot of new business is gonna roll in. And then hopefully the possibility of a future export terminal capacity that would be loading the VLCCs at the Harbor Island near Port Aransas. So like all of these things, you put it together and what we've known growing up was Corpus Christi was a sleepy little town. It was a, a, you know, you go there for, you want to get away and you go to Port A. Now that's not to say that they will not be able to retain that go to Corpus and and Port A and you, you can still have all that great stuff, but it's truly literally being transformed into this mega oil and gas capital of the world well it, it really is it, you know it's it's becoming kind of like a little little version of houston and corpus christi as you said didn't really grow much for about 30 years from the 60s through the 90s and really into the 2000s but here just over the last eight to ten years it's really had an uptick in economic activity and, and population growth and uh you know, the good thing about it is, as you, as you also, as you said, that, you know, the, the recreational parts of Corpus Christi are not being negatively impacted by any of this. All of the activity is really in the same 
areas uh, where it's always been it's contained just the port. at the port. Right, at the port and then over in Ingleside where you're building all the offshore platforms. And, and, and yeah, now this Harbor Island export terminal that they're thinking about putting in uh, across the ship channel from, from Port Aransas, that, you know, the, the inter, intercoastal canal there is wide enough to land these, these big new class of oil tankers. Uh, you know, that looks like an actually uh, uh, feasible idea that they're pursuing uh, that, uh, you know, as we continue to experience unfortunate delays in the federal government getting the main channel dredged and widened, um, you know, the Harbor Island alternative seems to be uh, uh, something that's uh, a, an idea whose time has come. So, you know, there's just so much happening there, and it's just uh, it's just wonderful to see it happening in, as you say, my old stomping grounds and your your current stomping grounds. But you know, it's it's nice to know that they can still do that and still retain. If you want to go and take your family to the beach, you can do that. You are yeah. not going to be inundated with oil tankers and stuff like that. So it's so nice to see that they're probably going to be able to maintain both the tourism and the oil and gas business as well. And they're not going to, you know, intertwine with each other in some way. So it's nice to know that they can actually capitalize on both. But yeah. I do want to change the subject just a little bit, change gears and talk about. So we had our latest and newest congressman uh, from that district, District 27, Michael Cloud. You know, he's brand new to Congress. Um, He's just barely gotten his feet wet. He's replacing Blake Farenthal. And, um, you know, he was a great and eloquent speaker, in in my opinion. He really was. He comes from Victoria, so he gets how important oil and gas is. So tell me a little bit about what you thought about his discussion about yeah. how important oil and gas was to him. No, it, it was a great speech. And, and as you say, he's from Victoria. There's a, a vibrant oil and gas industry, always has been in Victoria County. Um, he, he gets the issues, obviously. He, he talked about how getting the, the remaining funds for deepening and widening the port is at the top of his priority list, as it should be. Thank goodness. Uh, it's It has been, and I've written about this several times, been very disappointing and frustrating, frankly, that uh, Congress hasn't already acted to allocate those funds. It's $94 million, which is about, you know, half of a drop in the bucket of the federal budget uh, overall. And, uh you know, Texas, the Texas congressional delegation is normally so powerful, it has all sorts of senior people in senior positions. And and the inability to, to having already gotten that done is just really, uh, really kind of uh, disappointing. Uh, I, I guess exactly. I shouldn't say any stronger word than that about it. I don't want to make anybody mad, but this should have been done long ago. And it's, it's ridiculous that the port itself is having to incur debt for the first time in its century-long history exactly. uh, in order to fund two-thirds of the process itself. The federal government ought to pay for this. It's what the Army Corps engineers are supposed to do. And it's, it's just absurd that uh, that this has gone on so long. I, I couldn't agree with you more, especially considering how important the Port of Corpus Christi is to oil and gas for the United States. And we're yep. still sitting here trying to convince Congress, free up that money, give them the money that they need to deepen uh, the port. But when we return, David, I want to come back to the panel because we had a stellar panel 
And I want to discuss some of the things that they talked about, too, because um, when you look at who was on the panel and what they discussed, including you, it's pretty enlightening about what is the state of energy at this moment. We do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Oil-filled experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil-filled equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. Agreco has been powering the Permian Basin for over 10 years, supporting Permian producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. Agreco supports power systems as small as a single 200 kilowatt to as large as a 50 megawatt power plant. So when your utility power is delayed, call on Agreco to engineer a diesel, natural gas, or battery solution to fit your needs. We have immediate availability right here in the Permian Basin. Call 1-800-AGRECO or online agreco.com. Managers, bosses, supervisors, banish sick days and keep your workforce strong, healthy, and productive with Baptist Healthy Solutions. Call 866-334-2485. And we're back. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is our resident energy expert and editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. And David, we were talking about state of energy and our main speakers, but I want to pivot just a little bit and talk about the panelists because these were pretty heavy hitters, including yourself. And you gave us a lot of insight, all of the panelists did, in reference to what is the state of energy right now. And I want to get into that. We had... Paul Shepard, who's the vice president of Halliburton for the southeastern region. We also had Jeff Doro, who is the vice president of commercial operations for Epic Pipeline. And we also had Dr. Tom Tunstall, who is a professor of economics at the University of Texas at San Antonio. And then, of course, yourself. Now, all four of you guys (laughs) are pretty heavy hitters in your own right. And every one of you came at it from a different standpoint. I want to discuss the discussion that you guys had on the stage about where we are with the state of energy. So let's take Paul and his outlook on the upstream part of the business. Sure. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I think uh, what was really gratifying uh, about that panel discussion is that it became obvious that, that everybody on the panel had a pretty bullish outlook for the industry itself and particularly in Texas uh, for the coming few years. And and so that's a a welcome sea change from just a couple of years ago. Uh, Paul Shepard at Halliburton really uh, focused, and of course he's Southeastern region. So that includes the Permian Basin, the Eagle Ford Shale. Uh, Talked about some of the challenges that that they of course and others have uh, in the industry right now when you're in a boom time. You always have challenges uh, finding good and qualified workers, you know, who can pass drug tests and, you know, have proper training and, and, uh, 
you know, and he said, yeah, there's challenges, uh, but it's good challenges to have. It's, these are the kinds of problems you want to have, right? You want to, you want to be really, really busy and having to hire people all the time. And I thought one of the most impressive things to me, uh, having been in the industry for a long time, um, was the fact that he had talked about in his region alone over the last 24 months, <laughs> they've hired at Halliburton, just Halliburton alone, 2,400 people in the last two years. Well, I, I worked for Burlington Resources when it was a $40 billion buyout by ConocoPhillips in 2006, and our whole employee workforce was 2,400 people, a huge independent producer. So that's just uh, kind of an incredible number for me. Um, but all in all, you know, Paul said uh, Halliburton's bullish on the Eagle Ford, bullish on the Permian, and just bullish on the industry right now. Um, uh, so it, it was, you know, that, that piece of it was really great to hear. You know, one of the things that's amazing about uh, Paul Shepard with Halliburton is the fact of how many people he has to supervise in the sense of overall. And and when we, we, you know, he was on our cover years back and we made a comparison to how many people he has under him. And that's not just the 2,400 that he hired. Cause remember he's like in the Gulf coast. So oh, yeah. we drew a comparison between Apple, Facebook, and Google that if you were to put all of their employees together, there are more people that actually work under Paul Shepard than all of those three companies put together. Now, wrap your head around that. <laughs> That's a pretty big footprint that he's got to follow and and and, and keep yeah. track of. But let's switch gears to Epic because that's a new pipeline coming into Corpus Christi. And what an amazing thing because pipelines are so important coming out of the Permian Basin. We've got to get the oil or natural gas to wherever it's going, a very important thing that must happen. Otherwise, it slows down the progress. What was going on with Jeff Doro, Vice President of Commercial Operations for Epic Pipeline? Yeah, uh, you know, Epic is another big employer. Uh, they're they're going to support several thousand jobs with these, not one, but two new pipeline projects. One uh, is going to bring up to 550,000 barrels of crude oil out of the Permian and Eagle Ford down to Corpus Christi. And that's plan, you know, uh, scheduled to come online second half of 2019, thankfully. And uh, and then they're also taking reservations right now for firm capacity on a planned uh, natural gas liquids line. It's also going to bring uh, production in from from the Permian and Eagle Ford to Corpus Christi. So those are two big projects, multi-billion dollar projects, going to employ a lot of people. Good high-paying uh, jobs. Good high-paying jobs. You know, and it's it's just like Halliburton, such a gigantic employer. These are not minimum wage jobs. These are these are jobs where you can drive a truck and make eighty to a hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, this this is uns you don't even have to even the unskilled labor force in the oil patch, you know, working as roughnecks on the oil rigs are making fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. So it's it's well above the average uh, pay uh, of other industries in the state of Texas, and just really good paying, strong jobs that boost the whole economy. Well, you know, David, we're going to take another break, but when we return, I want to get back on the topic of the panelists because we had Dr. Tom Tunstall and of course we had you. So you're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show and we'll be right back. Oil-filled experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil-filled equipment needs. 
Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman, the editor of Shell Magazine, as well as our resident energy expert. And David, before the break, we were talking about state of energy. And we've had many experts on the panel. There were four. There was you. There was Dr. Tom Tunstall. There was uh, Paul Shepard from Halliburton. And there was also Jeff Doro, who was the vice president of commercial operations for Epic Pipeline. Now, we didn't get to talk about Dr. Tom Tunstall's part in reference to the state of energy. What was he discussing in state of energy pertaining to Upstream and Eagle Ford? And yeah. what was his outlook? Well, of course, Dr. Tunstall is, has for almost a decade now been the definitive expert on the economic impact of the Eagle Ford shale. He's done several studies on the Eagle Ford. He's also done one or two now on, on the Permian Basin's impacts and so his, you know, his comments were were specific to that and, and to the relative health right now of, of the Permian. Obviously, is booming, but even the Eagle Ford, uh, the rig count, as he noted, was around ninety right now, which is three times what it was in the depths of the of the bus back in twenty fifteen. Uh, so it's a much healthier situation in the Eagle Ford as well. And frankly, it's as he noted, it's more sustainable at, at ninety rigs for that region than when we had 270 uh, during 2012, 2013 timeframe, which just overwhelmed uh, the infrastructure in that whole region. So, so it's a, at a healthy level right now. Uh, Dr. Tunstall thinks, uh, thought that the rig count would probably grow somewhat over, over the coming months because we do have uh, people looking to drill in places other than the Permian because of the pipeline constraints. Um, and he just, you know, uh, like everybody else on the panel, he's, he just talked about how he perceives pretty healthy and steady growth for the whole industry in the United States over the next, in the coming few years. So very optimistic and very, you know, coming from Dr. Tunstall, you know, you, you can trust the source of the information for sure. Exactly. Because he is really, truly a expert pertaining to looking at what's the outlook and the future pertaining to oil and gas. Now, I don't want to cut you short either because you also were on the panel. And of course, you're our favorite. You're our resident <laughs> energy expert and our editor. But 30 years in the energy industry, you've worked for multiple EMPs. I, I think you know your way around the block. We had a couple of discussions that you came up with that were um, at the, in the panel pertaining to policy and how difficult it has been for oil and gas in the prior administration versus this new administration. Yeah. <laughs> and you actually went back and said, "Okay, I don't hate Obama. Let me uh, let me clean that up well, a little yeah. bit." And so we, you know, we were talking about exports, and and I, I noted early in the discussion that uh, thank goodness we were able to convince or get President Obama to sign that omnibus budget bill that contained the language repealing 
the ban on crude oil exports that had been in effect since 1977. He, he had promised to veto the bill if it had been a standalone bill, but luckily uh, Senator Murkowski was willing to put the language in an omnibus budget bill uh, that had a lot of the president's priorities in it. And so President Obama uh, reluctantly repealed that law. And I thought that sounded very negative, but, but, but look, if he hadn't done that, if that hadn't happened, we would not be having a boom in the Permian Basin or anywhere else right now because we have to export this oil. We have overwhelmed our capacity to refine it in the United States, and it costs billions and billions of dollars to build new refineries, and that's not happening right now. So we have to export it. So the way I said it, I thought, well, you know, that's kind of negative. And we got to the end, and we were talking about LNG exports, and I realized, you know what? Here's a place where I can give President Obama some credit. Uh, because he did, uh, his FERC, uh, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, during the Obama years, was willing to permit the first draft of these LNG export terminals, like Chenier's uh, uh, plant and 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 Cold Point, which just opened up this year, and three or four others that are in the queue right now to be built. And so I, I thought it was appropriate to go back and give him credit for that and not be so negative, right? Because he did do that. Right. It was his administration. So he deserved the credit. So it's the crude ban being lifted as well as the LNG permitting. So in some ways, I think Obama, President Obama is looked at as like the anti oil and gas. But there were a couple of things that were under his watch that really came to fruition. And it was amazing for oil and gas. That's right. I mean, again, the repealing the ban on crude exports is really what has enabled this current boom to happen. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened in the United States. So. Exactly. Got to give credit where credit is due. Exactly. Now, the hottest new play area, the Wyoming Powder River Basin. When we come back from break, I want to talk about this play because there's, you know, there's not a lot of people that really have heard of this and they don't even know where it is. And so I want to get into this topic because it is one of the hottest new plays and it needs to get on the radar with people. So we do have to take a quick break, David. When we return, we'll get back on the Wyoming Powder River Basin. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. The unique design, double drop gravity fed discharge system is trailer mounted and unloads the standard 25 tons in less than 12 minutes. So go ahead, give yourself an unfair advantage. Put the power of Sandforce to work for you today. Call 800-231-8198. Again, that number is 800-231-8198 or visit dragonsandforce.com. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. 
Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com to learn more. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest is David Blackman, who is the editor of Shell Magazine, as well as our resident energy expert for In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And David, before the break, I wanted to get on the hottest new play area, the Wyoming Powder River Basin. Tell me about why is it so hot? Well, it's it's getting hot. It's in the early stages. It's uh it's an area that has produced quite a bit of natural gas in the past. About 10 years ago, it was a very hot play. Uh, there's a coal seam uh, there, fairly shallow coal seam that runs through that basin that uh, was a source of a lot of natural gas production, a lot of controversy uh, in Wyoming back back in the uh, early part of this century. And it, it has been very quiet, uh, not a lot of activity over the last five, six years, but now suddenly, uh, the industry has realized, well, guess what? If you, you, you have all this natural gas produ- production in that basin, you have shale formations because shale rock is the, the source rock for all natural gas and oil that migrates up into these sand and limestone formations. And uh, several companies have been doing some exploratory work out there over the last year or two and have figured out that uh, it's a lot like the Permian Basin where you have multiple stacked formations uh, up to 4,000 feet of potential pay uh, area uh, in certain parts of the basin, just like out in the Delaware Basin in West Texas. And and so you, you have all of a sudden companies doing pretty significant acquisitions out there. And so the speculation is that with, with the pipeline uh, constraints now in the Permian and companies looking for other places to invest, uh, the Powder River Basin may become uh, the next really hot area of the country. And, you know, so that'd be great for Wyoming. It's not as friendly a state for oil and gas production as Texas, but it is a, a longtime producer of oil and gas, and uh, the state understands it. And so, uh, you know, it'd be great for the for the state of Wyoming to get that, that new source of, of production and income. Interesting. Now, let's switch gears just a little bit and talk about the Marcellus and the Utica. This is like 
boom times over there. It is. Now, yeah. but but why? Why is it booming over there? You know, the main reason, and it's really actually very simple, the Marcellus Shale, which is the biggest natural gas basin in the country, is extremely rich in ethane. And from ethane, you produce ethylene, which is the main feedstock used in, in making plastic and fertilizers and other chemical uh, kinds of industries. And so it's a, it's a really important feedstock for those industries and many others. And uh, wow. It's it's in the Marcellus Shale. So you have had uh, over the last year or so billions and billions, tens of billions of dollars in new uh, investment in infrastructure and chemical plants and fertilizer plants. And and then also in pipelines to uh, bring the ethane down to the Gulf Coast, because it turns out uh, the ethane is so plentiful in the Marcellus gas that it's very competitive to produce the gas up there, separate the ethane from the gas in the Marcellus Basin and then ship it down to the Gulf Coast to be used in the petrochemical and fertilizer industries down along the Texas and Louisiana Gulf Coast. Uh, so it's just creating huge boom times in, in Pennsylvania and Ohio, Michigan and West Virginia, uh, really stimulating the economies throughout that whole area. Uh, and of course, the state of New York is missing out because Governor Cuomo has banned hydraulic fracturing. A, a massive piece of the Marcellus Shale is under the state of New York, but Governor Cuomo won't let anybody take advantage of it. So anyway, it's it's big boom going up there that not many people talk about. So what are these economic drivers in reference to what states are really benefiting from the Marcellus and Utica, the boom time for LNG? Well, Pennsylvania and Ohio are the two biggest ones benefiting from it, but also the Utica Shale extends up into Michigan, and it has similar characteristics as, as, as Marcellus natural gas. And so Michigan's really benefiting. And then down south of Pennsylvania is West Virginia, where you also have just a huge concentration of activity in the Marcellus. So, um, you know, those four states are the main beneficiaries of it. Uh, and then the other thing I didn't mention, too, is the other thing happening up there is the air is getting a lot cleaner because you're converting all these coal plants to burn natural gas. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it's a win. Uh, yeah. And so it's a big win for everybody. Exactly. Real quick. Didn't oil prices just drop the other day? And and yeah. I don't think I understand why. Well, yeah. so they had run up uh, at the end of the previous week in anticipation of the hurricane coming into the Gulf of Mexico and going, you know, it landed in, in Alabama. Um, so prices have run up on Thursday and Friday of that week in anticipation of, of the entire Gulf of Mexico getting shut in because of the storm. Well, the storm shifted a little bit to the northeast, and only about a third of the platforms out in the Gulf had to be shut in and just for a few days. And and so when everybody woke up Monday and realized the storm wasn't impacting oil and gas as much as they thought it would out there, uh, the price went back down by a dollar, actually two dollars uh, early in the week. And but you know the reality about that is that still the inertia behind oil prices is upwards. Uh, there's a lot more upward uh, factors than there are bearish factors. You know that yes. might push the price down. So I still think we're going to see rising prices throughout the rest of the year. Really? Okay, that's interesting to know. Yeah. And the last thing is so. We're all in Texas here. Our show airs in Texas, and we have a very tight race, according to the polls, pertaining to mm -hmm. um, Senator Cruz and then the potential who might be a Senator Beto. 
So what is your thoughts on that, like in 30 seconds? Well, if the election was held today, I, I suspect Senator Cruz would probably win a pretty close race, be five, six percent of the vote. Uh, Representative O'Rourke is a very effective candidate, uh, but the reality is that Senator Cruz really had just now started campaigning and uh, and Mr. O'Rourke started campaigning back in January. And uh, I just think you'll see as the, the Cruz campaign really kicks into gear, those polls will uh, spread out a little bit. And it's probably going to end up being about a 10 point election at the end of the day. Just and that's just because of the of, of the of the breakdown between the two parties in Texas. I mean, it just, there's just not the votes there for a Democrat right now. Okay, interesting, because I, I wasn't sure. I mean, you hear so much about uh, Bethel. He was just on a, a Ellen DeGeneres show. And mm-hmm. and uh, so they're giving him a platform, which is great and fine, whatever that is. But, uh, well, but let's remember, they uh, all the media gave Wendy Davis a big platform four years ago, too, and she lost by 21% of the vote. So that's not a magic bullet. I know. And she took it pretty hard from what I remember as well. Well, David, that is all the time we have for this show. I look forward to bringing you back next week when we can talk a little bit more about politics and oil and gas. But for now, we do have to close out. Thank you for being a guest on the show today. Great. Talk to you next week. If you are interested in keeping up with In the Oil Patch Radio Show or the latest issue of Shell Magazine, you can do that. It's free. All you have to do is go to www.shellmag.com. Again, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com and sign up for our free newsletter. That is going to wrap up another great show. We'll see you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews. Until then, adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.